You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for Fan Sided and Pro Football Weekly. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. And you can find all of the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. It is Friday of Memorial Day weekend. I hope you're going to go out this weekend and enjoy the extra day off. You're going to remember why we have this holiday. That would be great, too. And also think about the newest member of the Green Bay Packers. The football gods and the gods of content have aligned. And we have something to talk about today. And not just made-up storylines and, oh, maybe we can find something to put together to talk about, put something in the rundown, and, and discuss it. No. The Packers have made a signing. We have something to discuss Mercedes Lewis, longtime Jacksonville Jaguar tight end, is now a member of the Green Bay Packers. And this is not a throwaway signing, but it's also not a, a marquee superstar level signing. And that's okay. And we're going to talk about why that matters at the end of the show. And we're going to talk about how Mercedes Lewis impacts this team in a little bit, but just let's start with the basics because this is a player who played in the AFC South his entire career, played on the Jaguars, and I think uh, languished, frankly, in a little bit of obscurity. And part of that is because what he does best, block, is not the most glamorous thing. But there were there were points in his career where he was also a very good receiving tight end. Now, he's a 12-year pro. He's 33 years old. So he's he's up there in age. But to be able to do what he does... He doesn't need elite athleticism. He doesn't need that quick twitch sort of uh, burst and speed that, say, Jimmy Graham does. And, And we'll get to why this is such a great fit next to Jimmy Graham and why it matters for Green Bay and the kind of positional versatility that it brings them. But let's just start with Lewis, who went to UCLA was a star at UCLA, went to Jacksonville. He's 6'6", 255, so this is a big dude. When you look at Jimmy Graham, 6'7", similar sort of weight, 255, 260, and then Mercedes Lewis, 6'6", 255, you want to talk about red zone. That is some serious beef, some serious size that Green Bay can put on the field in a two-tight end set. Now, in the middle of his career, You go back to, say, 2010 when he had 10 touchdowns. That was part of a three-year stretch where he had 77-plus targets every year. So you're talking about four or five targets a game. And that's that's what a good tight end gets, a good starting caliber tight end. This is a starting caliber tight end. Green Bay now has two of them. We thought Green Bay had maybe three of them last year. Martellus Bennett never played like that player. Lance Kendricks way underperformed. And Richard Rodgers is just a middling level guy. He is a replacement level tight end with really good hands who gives you nothing after the catch. I think Mercedes Lewis, similar in that he's a big body with good hands and not going to give you much after the catch, 
but is a much, much, much better blocker than Richard Rodgers. And that is going to be the difference for this team. You put in Lewis over Rodgers, that is a huge upgrade for Green Bay. You put in Jimmy Graham over Martellus Bennett, I think at this point in their careers, that's a huge upgrade for Green Bay. So you look at the tight end position. Remember we talked about a couple weeks ago all the positions where Green Bay did and didn't upgrade? Very clearly, the tight end position is one of them that they've upgraded, and, and this just takes that to another level. Now, the last few years, if you look at his targets, it's more like in the 30s and 40s. And so that means two, three targets a game. And that's fine, especially if they're red zone targets, if they're schemed targets, if you're creating plays where he's going to leak out the backside and be open with room to run. Those are the kinds of things you want your second tight end to do. You're blocking tight end, someone who is in there specifically to give you balance and to create matchup problems for you. But he can still move. I mean, he averaged... 13.3 yards per catch last season. That was above his career average. About a full yard above his career average. He's someone who can still move. In the Patriots game, there were times when the the Jaguars were, were forcing targets to him because they were struggling to get production from their receivers. He can still be a contributor in the passing game, but he doesn't have to be. He's a player who's going to come in and play maybe 30, 40% of snaps, probably a little bit less, but he can give Jimmy Graham a, a, a breather if he needs to. He can spot start if he needs to. This is still a player at 33 years old who can be a contributor, and that is all Green Bay needs him to be. You were listening to Locked On Packers on the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local daily sports podcast network. Catch up on everything around the NFL with Locked On NFL. And while the NBA conference finals and finals are going on with Locked On NBA. Now, when you look at the impact on the field for Lewis last year, his run block grade via Pro Football Focus. And this is the part of Pro Football Focus that I have the, the most trouble with. The grades. We don't know assignments. And so it's hard for me to look at these grades and take them super seriously. But I think they give you just a good frame of reference. Who's good? Who's not good? It's very rare that you're going to have someone who's got a great pro football focus grade who isn't a, a really good player. So just look at the run block grade. And I think a lot, in a lot of cases, especially on the edge, it's pretty clear if you seal the edge or if you get your guy and, and you get him blocked, in the run game especially, it's pretty clear whether you won or lost. Now, whether you blocked the right guy is going to be an open question, but Mercedes Lewis's run block grade per pro football focus was 17.6. Now, what does that mean? Doesn't matter, okay? It was the best in football. And not just the best in football, the best in football by a lot. The next closest player, the next closest tight end Run block grade was Rob Gronkowski at 10.5. And second, after Gronk, so third overall, is Dwayne Allen at 9.8. So you're talking about Mercedes Lewis's run blocking grade was twice as good as the third best run blocking tight end in football last year. That's how big the gap is or was last year between the best guy and the third best guy. Twice. A factor of two. And friend of the pod, Ben Fennell, put out some clips on Twitter 
of of Lewis yesterday blocking. He has a one-on-one block against Jadavion Clowney that he wins. He can win in the run game consistently. That big 6'6", 255 frame, he can get things done. And, and what this allows Green Bay to do is it allows them to do what they wanted to do last year and play with two tight ends, both guys that can be matchup problems at their size and that are athletic enough to be factors in the passing game and the run game and play up-tempo. So you could play a, a situation where you had Graham, Lewis, Adams, Cobb, and a running back. And you could play two receivers with, with both tight ends on the line of scrimmage. You could play a two-by-one. You could go a three-receiver bunch. You could go four out in a two-by-two, two, a three-by-one. However you want to do it, you could go spread with all five guys out. And you're in what is really base personnel. And so the defense has to decide, are we going to play with three linebackers? Are we going to play play with two linebackers and a safety? Are we going to play nickel against this? And it allows Green Bay to dictate matchups because they can run out of these formations. If it's just Jimmy Graham and he's the only tight end on the field, he's not a factor in the run game. So that mitigates what the Packers can do in the run game because you either have to, you have to, against a man coverage team, you can run a guy off, which is a plus. But that's not going to work consistently, and it's not going to work against everyone. But with Lewis, you can have Graham in the game, and you can have Lewis in the game, and the, and the defense doesn't know how you're going to line up. They don't know the tendencies because you can play any way possible. And, and that's a, that is a huge advantage. We, we've seen the advantage that the, the Patriots get from being able to play multiple tight ends. We've seen the advantage last year the Eagles got. They played three tight ends at times to dictate matchups to the opponent. How are you going to play Zach Ertz? How are you going to play Trey Burton? Well, Green Bay has that now. Are you going to put a linebacker on Mercedes Lewis? Are you going to put a linebacker on Jimmy Graham? Are you going to put a safety, a corner? How are you going to defend them in the passing game? And even in the run game, that has significant ramifications for how Green Bay is going to attack those defenses. Now, here's the other thing. It allows Green Bay to worry less about the backup receivers because if they can play in what is essentially de facto 11 personnel with three receivers and one of those receivers is Jimmy Graham because remember, he's basically just a big receiver and Lewis is the tight end, then that allows them to get to everything that they need to get to in their offense. They can have the entire offense at their disposal out of two tight end personnel because Graham is basically just a receiver. And that kind of flexibility is unique. Very few teams have that kind of positional versatility. And so you look at why the Patriots were so successful when they had those two tight ends. It was because teams didn't know how to handle it schematically. And and it didn't matter that New England didn't have a deep bench of receivers at the time. And so if you have Devontae Adams on the field and you have Randall Cobb on the field and you have Jimmy Graham on the field and you are fully operational as a Death Star with everything at your disposal in your offense, that makes you incredibly difficult to defend. And what this does, we wondered, I think, after the draft why Green Bay didn't pick a tight end. A lot of a lot of fans were excited to pick one, and, and maybe the Jimmy Graham signing 
you know, made you think, oh, they're not going to take one. But the depth beyond Graham with Lance Kendricks, I, I don't think anyone felt great about that being where their depth chart stood. And so to bring in Lewis now, that allows them to say, okay, we can bring these receivers along at their own pace because we don't need to play them. We don't even need to play Geronimo Allison that much because we can go to what is basically a three-receiver set with our three best pass catchers, even though Jimmy Graham is technically a tight end. Now, I mentioned Pro Football Focus and the grades in there. You can get access to those grades. I want to give you access to those grades. All you need to do is win our contest. We're giving away a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. That's how I get my data. That's how I get my info. Let me give it to you. Put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes, and you'll be entered to win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. That's a $39.99 value. It gets you access to player grades, charts, all sorts of fantasy football data that can come in handy very, very soon. You need that data, and I want to give it to you for free. Name, Twitter handle, in a review of this podcast, preferably with five stars, on iTunes. This is also one of those moves that I have been talking about for the last year. The criticism that I have leveled against Ted Thompson for years now is not that he is a draft and develop only guy. I'm fine with that. And it's not that he hasn't been able to wrangle up some big name free agents because when he has, those guys have by and large hit Charles Woodson, Julius Peppers, Ryan Pickett. The only real miss is Martellus Bennett, and that was because he got hurt, Aaron Rodgers got hurt, and Bennett quit on the team. That was a little bit of unforeseen circumstances. No, my biggest criticism of Ted Thompson is and always has been his inability or unwillingness, I think is a better way to put it, to sign players on the margins. And I don't think Lewis is a marginal player, but what I mean is he's not someone who's going to come in and play 80% of snaps. And he's not someone who's going to come in and catch 60 passes or score 10 touchdowns, probably. He's someone that can come in and fill a role. He can do a thing. And he can do a thing really, really well. And he opens up the flexibility of your offense. I just illuminated all of the ways that he makes this offense better. And that doesn't mean that he's a great player because he's not. But this was what I talked about with Ahmad Brooks. Ahmad Brooks was not going to come in and be a 10-sack player, and that was okay. But what he was going to do is come in, play with some attitude, some toughness, and some rotational ability. And that was all Green Bay theoretically needed from him, except that then he got hurt, Nick Perry got hurt, and Vince Beagle was already hurt. So that was, they were a little bit victims of circumstance there, but this is one of those signings that has always been available to them. This is a starting caliber tight end, not on a roster, that Green Bay was able to get for cheap. Those moves are out there to be made. And Clay Matthews, we talked about it earlier in the week, said he thinks that Green Bay might need to go get an outside linebacker, another pass rusher. Well, they have the option. And what this shows me, what this tells me about Brian Gutekunst is he is willing to do that. He is willing to say, there's a player out there who can help us and we're going to go get him. I think all of the discussion about we want to be in on every player 
And then, you know, a lot of Packer fans were, were disconcerted by the fact that Green Bay didn't sign any big-name corners. Bashad Breeland's still out there. I don't think after the draft, Green Bay is, is going to be particularly interested, but that's not the point. I think this move, maybe even more than the Jimmy Graham and Muhammad Wilkerson signings, shows that Gutekunst walks the walk. He doesn't just talk the talk. This is the kind of move Ted Thompson didn't make, at least not consistently. He did last year. And I think if Aaron Rodgers is healthy, Green Bay could have been a Super Bowl team last year. But this is one of those moves that Brian Gutekunst is is putting on paper right away. Now, he obviously, he didn't do it for that reason. He's not doing it to say, hey, guys, just so you know, this is going to be our MO moving forward. But that is what it signals. That is the fringe benefit here for us as observers to say, oh, this is how it's going to be. Oh, Brian Gutekunst is willing and able to go out and add players around the edges, rotation-level players, to make this team better. It's the kind of move that the Patriots make. It's the kind of, I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers went and got Joe Hayden last year. And it made them better until Hayden got hurt. And that happens, and that's fine. But it's the kind of move the Eagles made. It's the kind of move the Vikings have been making. Every spring and every summer, there are guys like this available. They'll be, they'll be there next year. I said I didn't know if we knew for sure if this offseason was a sea change for the Packers until next year. I think this gives us our clearest picture yet that there will be changes in Green Bay that Gutekunst is not Ted Thompson light. And really, frankly, the Packers should be so lucky if he is as a drafter, if he is Ted Thompson as a drafter. But if he can marry Ted Thompson as a drafter and some of these rotation-level players, if you can get a Mercedes Lewis or an Ahmad Brooks or a Quentin Dial or a Tremont Williams every offseason, you just get a little bit better. And you get there is there is a hidden benefit in getting guys that you can just trust. That guys who you who can come in and be professionals that that aren't young players that aren't unproven that aren't rookies or undrafted free agents or picked off someone else's practice squad. Ted Thompson was great at finding those guys and turning them into players, but there is an added benefit. Even if a guy isn't a, an All Star, he's not a Pro Bowl player. To coming in and being a positive presence in your locker room, to being a professional, to just being able to be relied upon when you need him. That has value. All right, remember, no Monday show. We're going to have a Tuesday show, a Thursday show, and a Friday show next week. There could be more signings to talk about. There are players out there that Green Bay could go get. More likely, we're going to have discussions about stuff that's gone over the weekend. I do want to talk about some of the betting rule changes in law. They're not rule changes, law changes. I want to talk about some of the anthem stuff. And I know that's not everyone's favorite topic, but the NFL made a rule change. And it matters. And I think we need to discuss it. We need to discuss what it means. Already, there have been political ramifications. So we we can't not talk about it. If politicians are going to be talking about it, I have to talk about it. They're not sticking to politics, so I'm not going to stick to sports. If you have a problem with that, I'm sorry. Remember all the football content. Talking about football content now. AcmePackingCompany.com, Fansided.com, ProFootballWeekly.com. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast 
on Twitter at LockedOnPackers. And all of the podcast content is at LockedOnPackers.com. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. And always stay Locked On Packers.